three true outcomes they want to entertain you today. Three true outcomes, insightful baseball news underway. You want to win that score sheet, you're gonna want to stay with three true outcomes. Howdy. Welcome to the Three True Outcomes Score Sheet Baseball Podcast, presented by Baseball Prospectus. My name's Ian Lefkowitz, and I'd like to buy the world a Coke. And joining me, as always, are my co-hosts. From Livonia, Michigan, someday people will brag that they used to work with him. It's Ben Murphy. Good evening. Ben, how are you doing? I'm well. And I actually knew, I would have known, even if you hadn't spoiled it for me beforehand, that that was a Mad Men reference. Because uh, <laughs> I saw people debating whether or not it was reasonable for Coke to have signed off on their, like, uh, involvement or whatever. I don't, I don't know the right word to describe it. But. I have some thoughts on that, but first let me get to my stupid joke. From our nation's capital, <laughs> yes. he translated this podcast into Pig Latin. It's Jared Weiss. Hello. Jared, how are you doing? Fine, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, debating whether it's okay to spoil the end of Mad Men. Because, you know, you guys have had, at this point, what, five days to listen to it? Or maybe a week and a half? We don't know when these things go up, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. It's my fault. It's not your fault. It's Maybe fault. this is early 2016. Maybe it's the future. Who knows? <laughs> Say hello to my children. Uh, no, thanks everyone who's uh, for your patience. We, I, I believe we're back on schedule. Um, yeah. And yeah, exactly. And uh, we have a, uh, a a great show. We have a good show. We have a show for you today. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. We will, we will talk about stuff, and they might be able to listen to it someday. Yeah. The dream of every podcast host. Um, today, we're, we're going to go through uh, rounds 38 of your supplemental drafts in the AL and NL. This is um, one of our regular, I, I guess it's a regular segment now. We have regular segments, like pros. Um. It sort of has to be because it's one of the only regular things that happens in the score sheet verse uh, universe uh, during the regular season. So, I thought you made right. a Firefly reference there for a second. I would have if I had known how to. I like Firefly. <laughs> verse. Well, while we're figuring that out, uh, so we um, we would love to get your questions on a mailbag. Uh, Mailbag Captain, how's it going? So lonely. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are no questions. I've been refreshing my Google inbox for the past week and a half to no avail. You've made him get the Google inbox app. That's how bad this is. <laughs> Actually, he, I don't mind the Google inbox. You guys don't like it? Oh, I can't. I can't handle it. Oh. Give, me, give me plain old-fashioned Google. I mean, I think I'm an old-fashioned man with old-fashioned taste, like a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we don't need to do five minutes on Google Inbox. Well, 
what else do people have to do with their day? Uh, but this time that we are spending talking about Google Inbox, we could be spending answering your questions. Just think about that. So if you have any questions, send them to us. Scoresheet at BaseballProspectus.com. Uh, we would be happy to answer them. We're happy to talk trade. Uh, let us know if the, uh, if the question you have is for the podcast or not. Um, we're happy to also do consultation for a fee. <laughs> what that's the funniest joke that yes. we're gonna make money yes. on this that is the funniest thing you said so far yeah okay it's not Fair close enough. uh the real irony is that i'm gonna be having a new job where people will actually pay me to tell them what i think about stuff but it won't be about baseball. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> that has nothing to do with uh, baseball score sheet or otherwise. Well, let's get to baseball score sheet or otherwise. Uh, so for those of you who were with us last month, we divided uh, into AL and NL leagues. And then we did a on-air 36th round draft. People said it was crazy. People said it couldn't be done. And it was crazy. And we did it. Um, so now we're going to draft round 38, which is even crazier. The rules are as follows. Uh, everyone is eligible, provided that they are available in more than 50% of score sheet leagues in the respective leagues. So more than 50% of AL leagues or more than 50% of NL leagues. And our own Ben Murphy has made sure of that. In addition... Uh, any players who we took last time are probably not eligible, <laughs> but we may or may not remember who we took last time. It's fantastic. It's I wrote mine down. I don't know. I can't. It's not <laughs> your job. I can't pay attention to what these two clowns have to say. <laughs> it would be a lot to keep track of all of the worthless dribble that I spew forth. Um, but we're, we're going to try to come up with a whole new list of 10 people. Uh, so this will be exciting. Next month, obviously, will be much more exciting. And we'll have, probably have to get special guests for that one. But uh, for now, you're stuck with us. Um, so why don't we uh, go right ahead, uh, move along to the American League draft. And uh, Ben, do you have a random number generator to give us a draft order? I do. Uh... In the AL, Jared will be first, Ian will be second, and I will be third. That's fantastic. Oh, what an order. It happens to be the same order in the NL, too. That's kind of a drag. Oh, spoilers. Okay. How random was this generator? I question it. I can re-randomize re it if you want. Hang on. <laughs> New order. I'll save it for the NL side. Okay. I actually so have two is, sets of numbers. So this is more Joy Division. And then the next one is New Order. Uh, uh, okay, Jared, you're on the clock. Uh, <laughs> how can I possibly top that? What's your uh, transmission? Uh, oh God. Um, with the first pick in the whatever mock, mock draft we're doing, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Trevor May, right-handed starting pitcher, Minnesota Twins. Um, he oh is a guy gosh. who uh, pitches the ball with some frequency. 
And I mean, at that, I mean, at this point, like he's what, like the number three starter on the Twins. He's got uh, pretty decent job security. He's throwing okay. His ERA is not great, but his peripherals suggest that that should um, regress down a little bit. He's except when guys doesn't walk too many. Uh, they'll be. Um, so yeah, I think he's a fine guy to rack up some innings for you. Um, ben, I had yeah. I assume you had Trevor May too, I or he's like calling Jared a jerk randomly. I, well, <laughs> can't it be both? Uh, I did. My note for Trevor May was not awful, comma Twins rotation question mark. Uh, <laughs> so basically, I agree with everything Jared said. Yes, uh, I did not have Trevor May on my lineup because I discussed him on this very podcast one month ago. <laughs> but. <laughs> No, that is so perfect. The good news is, if you drafted Trevor May based on the last podcast, you would have had the drop. Look at that. Look at the advantage you would have had over. That's awesome. Over your roommate. Isn't that instructive? Jared and I both take the guy that. Oh, yeah. Oh man. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> well done, us. Come on, this is easily funnier than any pop culture reference you had. Fair enough. Uh, with with my first pick, I will be taking Lance McCullers Jr. of the Houston Astros. Um, we are recording this on a Monday, um, and Lance McCullers is currently, uh, I guess, about... Uh, about, just about done with his first inning of professional baseball, so I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like two two innings, ten runs. In which case, please ignore this recommendation. But assuming he has a start that's been a lot like his minor league starts, you are on track for a player who you know has always had the fastball and whose secondary is rounding into shape, who's been looking fairly strong in double a you know he's certainly out pitching mark appel um which is at least a mixed compliment if nothing else mm-hmm. um and you know i don't know necessarily that he's gonna stick but um i think you have to look at the asterisk as the team that's going for it and if one of the things they're doing with going to the whip is bringing up McCullers, I think you've got a chance to get somebody who might be a swing man, starter reliever, and who has a chance to be a long-term asset for you, which is kind of what you want on the 38th round. It's true. I was looking at McCullers. Um, I was surprised that he was uh, so available. I was expecting him to. Yeah. Uh, well, so McCullers is interesting because he didn't, he, you know, he, you know him as sort of a first round talent, but he didn't go in the first round. He was the um, bonus baby who dropped in the Carlos Correa draft. If you remember, the Astros overdrafted Correa in order to save money, and they used and they spent some of it on Lance McCullers. Um, turns out that seems okay. Yeah, would would we say Correa was an overdraft? <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Astros know what they're doing. Um, so that's part of why, it's because he was a second-round talent, he didn't really get drafted. He hasn't, you know, I think he's always kind of had this, he's a bullpen arm in the long run uh, sticker on him. And 
I think that's been true for the most part for the past couple of years. It could easily still be true, but, you know, I think you'll probably want to spend to find out here. And I, I have a feeling he's going to be drafted in a lot of leagues, um, just knowing the kind of players that score sheet teams like. All right. Uh, so with my first pick, I'm going to take a guy that you maybe just described. Okay. Uh, with a different team, uh, Matt Barnes. He's mm-hmm. in the bullpen for the Red Sox right now, but obviously was a first-round pick a few years ago. Um, I mostly liked him because he's got uh, strong peripherals and good velocity, and he's young. So uh, he should be a bullpen asset now and might have some long-term potential depending on whether he's eventually transitioning into the rotation a la Carlos Martinez or somebody like that. Um, or, you know, if nothing else, uh, he pitches the ball better than Trevor May, uh, even though he's not a starter. So. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll, I'll say that. I was watching him yesterday. It's strange to me that um, I don't get the feeling that the Red Sox are going to try Barnes in the rotation, which is... Honestly, a little befuddling to me because, like, have you seen the rotation that they have? Yeah. Not great. Like, I, you know, I think Barnes has lost a little bit of his shine, but he he had a good year last year, or a reasonable year last year. Um, You know, certainly looked like a star at UConn before kind of falling back a little bit in the senior year. Um, Or junior year, I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't know. I, I am kind of with you. I, I'm a little lower than you are just because I don't necessarily see him getting the opportunity, but I, I think your instincts are right. I think he deserves one. Yeah, you might be giving me too much credit. Um, are we snaking on this one? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Go ahead. All right, uh, my next pick is going to be Mike Pelfrey, whose note is very similar to the note for Trevor May. Uh, <laughs> it does have the added annotation Mirage of Good, uh, which is attributable to his 3.23 ERA as of this recording, which is almost certainly going to go up. Uh, his peripherals don't make it look like that's sustainable, and his FIP is much higher uh, you know, accordingly. Um, still, he's a pitcher, and he's good at throwing the baseball sometimes, uh, at least good enough to be doing it. So uh, if you need some innings, and I know lots of people that do, uh, maybe maybe he'll do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the Mike Pelfrey argument in a nutshell. He's better than pitcher AAA most of the time. <laughs> I agree. The, um, um, the verb that's used in the latest Rotowire news for Mike Pelfrey is battered. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's about how it goes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wish him the best. <laughs> um, so my next pick uh, is near and dear to my heart. The uh, your Chicago White Sox uh, turfed Micah Johnson yesterday because it turned out he couldn't hit. Uh, so they're going to bring up somebody else who probably can't hit. And uh, I, I noticed that Carlos Sanchez is available in 68.2% of leagues. 
uh, Carlos Sanchez is going to be a middle infielder who's going to get some run unless the White Sox decide to dither around with uh, Millie Bonifacio, which sounds plausible to me. But, you know, Sanchez has been somebody, uh, I would say, pretty young for his levels and has always, well, when he was very young, he showed some decent plate discipline. I, I don't think he has the power to make it with stand-up, but he's had a kind of, I would say, crazy Babbitt-inflated AAA lot, slash line that looks pretty good until you go, oh, four walks and 28 strikeouts is not ideal. Uh, but, again, you're talking about a middle infielder in score sheet. What you need probably is somebody who can stand around and play the next month or two. And I think that's going to be what Sanchez can do for you. And maybe he'll even get some flexibility at multiple positions. And, you know, if he surprises somehow, maybe that's a keeper. All right, Jared? Um, With my uh, back-to-back picks, I'm going to take the best Davids since Edgar which is a Dutch soccer joke. I'm going to take David Hizazis and uh, David Murphy, uh, two left-handed 33-plus-year-old outfielders. Um, they're both currently Sexy. hitting about... Yeah, well, they're both currently hitting about like 30 to 40% above league average, which is good. Uh, DeJesus is uh, defensively a few points above average for a corner. Uh, David Murphy is just a point low. Um Left-handed guy. If you need a left-handed outfielder, they're great. You know, first left-handed bat off the bench. Still, I think David Murphy's hitting cleanup for the tribe. If I saw that right. Um, so yeah, they're. I mean, they're definitely not sexy at all, and nowhere near keepers, at least most likely. But they should provide solid offense, and I think in the thirtieth round, that's a little hard to find. Hmm. I was going to say you should discuss them separately, but I can't tell them apart. So no, no. I dare you. <laughs> uh, completely makes sense to me. Um, yeah, pick your favorite David, for sure. Uh, my third pick, I'm going to go back to the youth well and take uh, Chris Capuano. Uh, <laughs> I get that I, one. I think this guy's got a future. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, this week brought with it the news that uh, Chase Whitley, who is not Chase Headley, nor is he Chase Utley, uh, will be out for a year with Tommy John surgery, joining every other Yankee starter. Um, and so Capuano is coming back for his month of health. And you know what? I don't think he's done. Uh, I guess his first start doesn't really lend a lot of credence to my viewpoint, but... Um, you know, I think he's been a solid three, four starter for some time now. And he he's always been pretty good at, you know, limiting walks. He's always been pretty good at at least striking out a reasonable passel of hitters. Um, you know, and he's back from his hamstring injury. And I don't see necessarily a reason why the Yankees are going to pull him from the rotation anytime soon. Until he gets hurt next month. And, you know, <laughs> got like six weeks of good starter there. 
What more I remember you ask when for? Chris Capuano was a sexy pick for like an actual rotation spot in the spring. <laughs> yeah, we definitely had him on some on some teams. That was back when I cared about baseball, I think. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so with your next baseball pick. <laughs> um, I guess I'm going to go with Luke Hoshevar. I have a sneaking suspicion that Ian mentioned him a month ago. He but not. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm pretty sure one of my NL guys he did, but uh, we'll get there. Um, so he came off the DL a uh, week and a half ago. And doesn't have great results so far, but I think uh, the velos there and the peripherals are there, so he should be fine. Um, I like using the supplementals to bolster up a bullpen, and uh, at this point, Hochevar is in, available in enough leagues that uh, he qualifies for this exercise, and I think fits the profile of the type of player that you grab in the supplemental, and is part of why you don't worry too much about having a ton of bullpen depth in April. Uh, because you can build it pretty easily as the season goes on. That's a, yeah, great pick. I like it a lot. Hey, I didn't screw up. Well done. All right, I, I guess you're back with your last pick. Is that how this works? Oh, uh, we're doing four. I thought we were stopping. Oh, are we stopping at three? I, yeah. Good. I, okay. I mean, we stop, we'll stop at can, three. I'll take You can uh, read off the other guys you were thinking about if you'd like. No, I mean, you stole my four. So. All right. I mean, Jared did. It was Trevor May. So. Well, I, I mean, technically, Ian did a month ago. <laughs> Technicalities are not something I'm interested <laughs> in discussing. All right. Well, that's fair. Uh, so, uh, I have a few other players who are on my list. Um, I I was going to go with Carlos Perez, the Angels catcher who seems to have supplanted. Chris Iannetta, at least for the time being. Um, I'm not convinced that this is a long-term play, but Perez uh, always had good defensive reputations coming up through the Blue Jay system. Um, and then, I guess, fell off with the Astros. But, um, you know, he hit, he hit a home run in his first at-bat, which buys you at least a month of playing time, right? <laughs> um, should I just keep reading off names? I guess right. it depends on whether you expect us to remember these in a month or not. <laughs> well, all I'm hoping is that uh, you, the listener, remember them in a week. Um, I will shout out uh, Buck Farmer, a name I have to pay really close attention to <laughs> to get right. Um, <laughs> don't want to earn the explicit tag on Buck Farmer. Um, <laughs> don't you? Well... So uh, he came up last year and got uh, rocketed through the system and got hit hard and sent back down. Um, he's in Toledo now, and I think he's already a better pitcher than Kyle Obstein. I don't know why the Tigers don't agree, but the Tigers don't seem to agree with a lot of my ideas of what makes for a good pitcher. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's, he doesn't have a rotation spot yet, but I think you know, it's a good speculative pick if you want. Instead of taking Chris Capuano or taking Mike Pelfrey, you know, if you're looking more for somebody who may, in fact, be good one day. Um, Words that's hurt, Ian. Words hurt. I think Capuano's insane, but I mean, it's it's in terms of, like, if you want innings now or um, a bet later. And 
I did mean that as a slight to you, by the way. Okay. Good. <laughs> and your Mike Pelfrey loving ways. Loving might be a bit excessive. Loving, adore, adoration. You know, uh, we have a video set up. Um, so what you don't <laughs> see is the giant Mike Pelfrey poster right behind Ben's head it's in true. his room. It's next uh, to the uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and Edgar Martinez framed lithographs. Yeah, <laughs> and um, he frequently gives people the shocker, but that's just because he's such a big Wichita State fan mm. that he has to. Boo. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also on the AL list. Um, so James McCann is available in about half the leagues now. If uh, I actually think uh, Perez might be a little um, more interesting, but uh, McCann's going to get at least some run with Avila being hurt for you know the seventy thousandth time in his career, um, and he's been playing pretty well. I think he's going to go in pretty much every other league at this point because everyone needs a catcher right now. Uh, I, I was surprised neither of you went with Kyle Blanks, who is having one of his runs of being reasonably healthy. So like a Eclipse, he is available and healthy and kind of outplaying Mitch Moreland, although they've kind of played the Celestine Platoon right now. Um, turns out, well, the Rangers actually have a bit of a logjam uh, positionally, which I guess is the uh, fancy way of saying that they have a number of players who are equally not good playing the same position, especially once uh, Josh Hamilton gets back next week. It'll be interesting to see how they resolve that, but if you're looking for power, that's a possibility. Um, all right. Next. Oh, that's it? I, I've got more, but I can't, I can't give away all of my secrets, right? I guess not. Um, oh, my heavens. <laughs> Sorry. The... Random numbers change every time I change the sheet, so I came back and it was the same order again. Uh, ben, <laughs> Ian, Jared. That's a completely different order. I can't Com- handle it. Completely different. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm going to go with the guy that I'm pretty sure Ian already said, because if he already said him, I'll say somebody else. Uh, and that's Eric Campbell. Um, yeah, but go, but go ahead. <laughs> so if you already said him, I'll just say that he's getting regular playing time at third base for the Mets and walking a little bit, getting on base a bunch, um, looking good so far. So if you called that ahead of time, good on you. Uh, I can go to a different guy. No, I, I, uh, I don't think Eric Campbell made it into my top four last time. So th- no. this could be a... Yeah. All right, fine. Then Eric Campbell is my first pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I like Eric. I like Eric Campbell. I feel like the AL has some more interesting players than the NL does. Although we're in the thirtieth round, so I'll yeah, agree that no. the NL looked more interesting to me. Um, so my uh, top pick, I'm going to go with Mike Bolsinger of the Los Angeles Dodgers. As you of, do, uh, eighty Los Angeles Dodger pitchers that I'm going to be mentioning throughout the podcast. Um. The Dodgers lost all of their good pitchers, so they have everyone that's left. Uh, Bolsinger actually kind of um, popped up with the Diamondbacks last year. Looked pretty good, or, you know, at least above replacement level. 
and then uh but maybe not good enough to keep but he looked um you know he moved over to the Dodgers in the off season he's looked pretty good in Oklahoma City and i would say fair he has a fairly solid start so far and a few starts in uh the big leagues and you know at this point he's it looks like he's the number 4 starter for the Dodgers uh, I don't know who the number five starter is. <laughs> um, you know, so the Dodgers can probably go down a couple starters before his rotation spot is in jeopardy. And, at, you know, you're going to have a player who has struck out more than a batter an inning in Oklahoma City. You know, he, what is that, 28 strikeouts in 19 innings um, last year. And then he held his own at Reno the year before, which is extremely hard to do. Um, that was Reno's the ballpark where like Josh Burroughs hit 370 or Sean Burroughs. I'm sorry. Um, it was a that's a weird park. So I think he's a little better than people expected. He's probably one of those players who, uh, you know, got picked up secretly as like Andrew Friedman just saying, well, maybe I still run the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> In which case, he'd be like the number four starter, and instead he runs the Dodgers, and he should probably be the eighth starter. But here you have it. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to stick with the Dodgers um, and go with Juan Nicasio. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, picked up about a mile and a half on his fastball and mm-hmm. is striking out 12 and three quarters guys per nine innings. I don't think that's sustainable necessarily. But um, he looks good and striking out lots of people and good reliever for your bullpen should you be looking in that direction. Um, and my other pick, I'm going to take Corey Spangenberg. Jeez yeah. Louise, man! Yeah. I apologize for nothing. Uh, left-handed second baseman for the Padres. Might get third base eligibility soon. I don't know. Um Rodographs had an article today, the title of which was "Stop Ignoring Corey Spangenberg." So, who is doing that? I saw that article. Stop ignoring Corey Spangenberg. <laughs> uh, um, was yeah, that like, like <laughs> were were we in danger of ignoring Corey Spangenberg? Okay, <laughs> sorry. Go um, ahead. No, yeah. So he's just um, he, he uh, seems like even money that he is a hits for league average as a second baseman, which is a pretty rare find. Uh, this late in the score sheet season. Yeah, I have a feeling that Spangenberg is going to go 1-1 in a lot of leagues. Where really? Spangenberg? Spangenberg. Yes, sorry. That's made up. All right, sure. Spangenberg. Made up. <laughs> um, so Spangenberg obviously was a bonus baby in, with the Padres. He was the number 10 pick in the draft. Something like that. Um, and spent a couple of years not hitting, then came to the majors and hit a little bit uh, and continued to not hit in the minors, and now is in the majors again um, and is hitting again, although um, to be distinguished, I guess, from all of the other uh, San Diego Padre middle infielders, particularly Jed Jericho, whose job Spangenberg is just completely taking right now. Um because only one player with a mysterious soft G can play for the Padres at one time. <laughs> but, 
because he was the one one pick, I, I kind of had this prepped um, just to play devil's advocate on Corey Spangenberg and you know my counter article, which is continue ignoring Corey Spangenberg. <laughs> um, I am not convinced that there's any evidence that he is going to hit appreciably well, um, and even poorly to a degree that. Um, you're probably not want, going to want to play him unless you absolutely need the innings. Uh, you know, the 2015... Uh, his, his bat so far, you know, I, I could be wrong, but it feels, it feels super fluky. So, um, if, you, if you're sure you need the innings, go for it. If not, I, I, I might say to back off a little bit. Although... Like I said, in the NL, there aren't really other win-now options that I have for you. So It is confusing to hear you advise to back off a middle infield player. Yeah, well, it's less confusing when he's a Padre hitter. <laughs> um, and it's probably even less confusing when um, I apologize to Pocoto, but I have a Zips projection up right now. Uh, his, zips, his zips projection is uh, 281, 349. Rest of season. Goes on base and slugging? Yeah. Yeah, that's Which not is good. Not ideal. Um, you know, I, I can see. Because he had. Obviously, he's hit in the major league so far. Uh, so I'm not saying not to draft him. I'm just saying. It's just be a little bit wary that his major league numbers are not what we would expect from him going forward, necessarily. How's that? Fair. Okay. So instead, I will ask you to draft a Colorado Rocky. Because that's how I roll. Uh, Trevor Story has had... I was going to say, next you're going to tell us as a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. I, I, I could pull that off. I should have pulled that off. But uh, Trevor Story has been had an up-and-down career. Um, you know, I think he's had years where he's been in uh, a lock for the back half of the top 100 list. And last year where he played like, um, I don't know, um, like he had seen a ghost and he was either shaggy or Scooby, and just was uh, zoinking hit away <laughs> through uh, double A. Um, but this year he's moved. Uh, he's moved from Tulsa into New Britain, which is a hard place to hit, and he has uh, eviscerated it in a month. He's hitting three forty nine, four forty two, six twelve. Uh, that comes with a four sixty five BABIP. And, uh, Jared, how do you feel about a 465 Babbitt? Not good, Ian. That's not going to be fully sustainable. But you don't need that. You don't need that batting average. You need a 250 average. You need somebody, like I said, with middle infielder, uh, or like Jared pointed out, I, I like middle infielders of all stripes. And you just need the next shortstop for the Colorado Rockies. That's all. <laughs> 
doesn't matter what he hits. You just want the next shortstop for the Colorado Rockies. And at this point, I think Story has the best chance of being that. If this were, like, traditional sports radio, would we have, like, a little siren that Jared would get to sound off anytime <laughs> somebody has a oh, fluky man. babbit? Great idea. I love it. <laughs> we'll get you on the reggaeton horns. <laughs> All right. Venezuela. Ben, go for it. Kazoo night? Um... All right, I'm going to go with Sean Rodriguez. Uh, I was going to take Spangenberg. God, that sounds wrong. Um, so wrong. <laughs> the difference with Rodriguez, I think, is that he's not hitting nearly as well, uh, and most of the stats that he's posted seem to be some type of mirage. He's not walking. He's got a high home run for fly ball rate, but he's got a decent bank stat, um, decent set of bank stats, excuse me. Um, and he's getting some run as a pinch hitter and like spot starts uh, in a utility role uh, as Sean Rodriguez would. Um, so he's going to have some positional flexibility, and he's not terrible, I guess. Yeah, I mean he's he actually is on one of our teams, and I what I like about Rodriguez is that he answers. You know, I think you know whether you want him or not, right? Like, he answers a question for you. That either, um... You, either you need a right-handed bat who can play second and stand around the outfield, in which case you should draft him, or you don't, in which case, you know, pass on. But I, I like players that have a specific use in the NL, rather than, like, the speculative. Well, what if they, you know... Get ten percent better picks. It's like we're okay with Sean Rodriguez the way he is, and we're going to use him like this. Exactly. Makes sense to me. He's like a um, like an oyster knife. You know what you're using him for, <laughs> even if you don't use him all that often. <laughs> Boy, howdy! All right. Uh, do you make oh, a third pick? Is that I have a second starts? one. Yes, uh, Will Venable. Oh wow! What? Uh, I just realized that Will Venable was alive. Yeah. <laughs> he's alive and he's playing uh, and he's starting. So uh, he's not starting every day, but he's starting often enough in the outfield. Um, and hitting, okay. I mean, you know, again, uh, we could probably reiterate all the caveats, but um, his performance is similarly fluky looking. Um, Home run for fly ball is pretty high. He's walking more than Sean Rodriguez, which I like. And his isolated power is high because of that home run rate. But um, he doesn't have outrageous strikeouts or anything like that or a high BABIP. Wee-oo, wee-oo. Uh, so you should be safe. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like he's kind of turned back into the player that he's always been with maybe a higher home run rate than you'd expect. But, but that'll uh, come back earth i think yeah and uh what will myers is out for another week or so but sorry (laughs) (laughs) but either way i mean will myers um is not the picture of health and neither is matt kemp and matt kemp is not not making that trade look like a banner move gotta say so maybe there'll be some room for venable somewhere and if not as a pinch hitter or maybe the uh, maybe the Padres just move Justin Upton along in a month if they fall out of it. 
which would seem like AJ Preller saying, I don't really want to have this job long term, <laughs> but we'll see. Full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Uh, yeah, so that was my third guy. Okay. Um, I am going to do something completely unexpected after taking a uh, Colorado Rockies middle infielder, and I'm going to take an 18-year-old. <laughs> uh, Glaber Torres is available in, I want to say, 89% of leagues, which seems uh, ridiculously high for somebody who has had Cubs hype all over him. But he's 18. He's already, uh, you know, he's already in full season ball, and he's looking like a strong hitter in full season ball. Um, that he is, uh, well, his straight line is 338, 423, 431. But more than that, he just looks like he knows what he's doing at the plate. He has a good approach. Um, you know, he has that kind of poise that you expect to see in a, um, in a future star. And he is a shortstop prospect who, um, you know, I think if there's one thing you can think about with the Cubs, it's the way that they so desperately need help in the middle <laughs> infield right now. Um, so I, I think he'll be coming quickly. But, no, in all seriousness, um, like, sometimes if you're out of it and you're not competing this year and you just want, what is the player who will become the most valuable in the next couple of years? Uh, you know, an asset that I can sit on. Um, that's what I recommend Glaber Torres for. How long until he makes the majors? I, I mean, that's tough to say. He's, you know, three levels away, so we're talking probably two to three years. Um, if he is hopefully... Uh... Sorry. I, I don't hear anything. No. <laughs> that's the Babib siren. <laughs> Actually, if Jared were in charge, that might be what the sirens. Are. <laughs> um, but you know, he's in the Midwest League now. He probably will spend the full year there. He's so young. I think he's the youngest player in the Midwest League. Uh, I could check that. Um, uh, I, yeah, I guess Raúl Tevez is in the Southern League. Um, but he's—I I believe he might be the youngest player in full season baseball right now. And he is one of the best hitters at his level. So we're talking a couple of years. He might, he might be one of those players who comes up before he's a good player, which is always a little worrisome. And he might not have power, which is always a little worrisome. But, you know, I, he looked, I, I saw him once. He looked like a shortstop in whatever, for whatever that means. And nobody seems to be saying otherwise, which matters much more. So we're probably looking... You know, three years or so, three to four years before he's an established player. You know, th this is the time when you do it with your 38th or 39th round pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's it's as much for the stock going up as for holding on to him until he becomes a big leader. Yeah, and just to be clear, I would draft him over just about every player in next month's draft. So... If you're comparing like him to 
you know, if uh, Brandon Rogers is the shortstop who's 1-1, um, I guess Brandon Rogers is probably not going to be the 1-1, but he'll be the top prep shortstop off the board. I think I take Torres ahead. I think I take Torres ahead of Dansby Swanson. Uh, you know, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, it's a pretty significant talent and just surprisingly available. There you go. All right. Derek, take us home. Okay, so uh, for you guys, I've got the, um, among uh, National League starting pitchers, the guy who's ranked 25th in strikeouts per nine innings. He's ahead of oh. guys like, well, it's out of like, you know, I think 55 or 60. So that's middle of the pack, which is pretty decent, I think. Okay. He's ahead, he's ahead of guys like Zach Granke and Shelby Miller in this particular category. Okay, in, in, strike, in strikeouts per nine innings. I, yes. I think I know where you're going with this because I, I watched him play last week. But, okay, keep going. Um, he's not young in the sense that he's going to turn 37 later this year. Sure. I'm a little embarrassed to say that it's Jason Marquis. Is he a chosen person? Oh, I was going <laughs> to... I was going to ask if he was a Jew from Long Island. (laughs) I'm very happy with myself. Yeah. Yeah, So, Derek, tell me why you love Jason Marquis so much. I do not love Jason Marquis so much. Then why do you have the Jason Marquis poster behind you? (laughs) (laughs) And Jason Marquis is from Staten Island, by the way, not Long Island. I think he was born on Long Island, but grew up in Staten Island. Anyway, it's a thing. Go ahead. Yeah. No, people definitely think those are different places. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's... And uh, care, they care a lot. Yeah, the, everyone cares. The, the huge downside, of course, is that his ERA is uh, 660. <laughs> but um, if you look at his... And um, he's you know, terrible. If you look at his estimators, that'll drop it by, you know, uh, two to two and a half runs. Um, and, you know, like, he's been homer unlucky, I think, is the problem. And it's sort of... Yeah. If you think he can regress back to normalish home run levels, and the Babbitt goes down to normalish too, then should be okay. You know the Reds need to give him, I guess, three or four more starts to, and not dump him. I think he'll get you some innings if that's what you're looking for. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh. I really think there's no better player to end on than Jason Marquis. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 when I went to the White Sox game, which I mentioned, the best thing I saw last week, um, you know, as one of the, that's the other thing. Anyway, um, Jason Marquis was the pitcher of record in one of the games, so I did get to finally see a Jason Marquis start in person, which was really everything you'd want it to be and more. I forget who homered <laughs> off him. It was a number of people. But, <laughs> Was it everyone? Yeah, it was everyone. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've been tracking that pretty closely because it's such a bizarre stat. Jason Marquis' strikeout rate. That Don't is. we own him in one of our leagues? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> this of course. is a pro Marquis podcast. I spent a day, I think, trying to convince you not to take Jason Marquis, and I, I couldn't come up with anything. Obviously, you failed. Yeah. Yep. Oh. That is how we spend a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're making all the listeners want to become professional score sheet podcasters. Yeah, we, we can put down that mic anytime. Feel free to 
just pop it up. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a ton of other position players in the NL who are of interest to me. I, I felt like it was pretty relatively weak for major leaguers, uh, other than people like Campbell, who I meant, uh, who I mentioned last time. Um, I think Real Muto is still available in a bunch of leagues, um, but. Yeah, if you have a team, you're probably stuck with the players on it. One of the players who I did like, I like him just about as much as Spangenberg, but I think he's going to get a lot less play. Uh, Hector Gomez, who or Hector Gomez, who is um, going to be Scooter Jeanette's replacement in Milwaukee, while Scooter Jeanette realizes that, um, or tries to figure out how to hit a baseball again. Hmm. Um. Gomez, I mean, he's a former Rockies prospect. I don't think that quite counts. Uh, but he's always had like a little bit of pop. I don't think he's going to do any other thing for you. But if he'll play second and get at bats, um, I suspect you could probably get him later in the round or even in round 39. So that's interesting. I also have a ton of Dodger pitchers, which I mentioned last time. But. Uh, Continue Carlos Frias, who I think might be the number five starter for the Dodgers. Uh, I can't really tell what the, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball right now, right? <laughs> I cannot name the Dodger rotation. <laughs> who needs a rotation? What it? What is the deal with baseball? Um, <laughs> but Frias, I think uh, another player who's kind of on doing well under the radar. This is actually not a um, not an Andrew Friedman pick. This is uh, He's been with the Dodgers for a little while, but uh, I guess you could say Andrew Friedman is giving him the wings to fly, uh, what with not having any other starting pitching to speak of. Um, I think the downside is you get a bullpen arm who has some strong banked innings. Speaking of strong banked innings, uh, I think I mentioned last month too, I still like Adam Liberatore the lefty in the Dodger bullpen as well. Um, he is absolutely an Andrew Friedman pick. He is a refugee from the Tampa Bay Rays who certainly don't need extra pitching right now. Um, not only do I think he's going to be a very strong pitcher, but you get, I think, um, is it 14? I'll, I'll, let me check that right now while I'm vamping, but uh it's about 10 to 14 scoreless innings. Um, and it will be, uh, I'm sorry, 10 innings with a 180 ERA and no walks and 11 strikeouts. Uh, and, you know, as we've, as Nate mentioned last week, uh, if you are a playoff team, you want to start looking for bullpen arms uh, or even uh, other players who have the bank starts that can help you. And, 10 innings is of 180 or a is something that you just kind of get to take with you into the season. Um, and hopefully he makes it to September intact. Um, so following that up, I'm going to throw you a curveball and mention another Dodger pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is much younger. Uh, I, uh, uh, mentioned this to Jared off off mic, but we actually saw Jose De Leon of, uh, well, I guess now of Tulsa. Uh, he was promoted to Double A today. Uh, we saw him 
a couple of years ago in Ogden get uh that's in Utah. Or actually we saw him in Grand Junction playing Ogden. Um <laughs> which is, mind you, a great place to watch this <laughs> game. <laughs> really, you feel like you're at the heart of it and in no way like you're at a someone kind of traveled game between two <laughs> high school teams. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, but he wasn't any good. And uh, he gave up a lot of home runs to a lot of players who, in fairness, um, are actually real prospects for the Rockies right now. But um, he was pulled very early. Since then, he's gained about six miles on his fastball. He's been getting a lot of helium um, these past few weeks. Uh, I suspect people who are tuned into the prospect world are already on him, but just wanted to put him on your radar in case you were not. Um I have also watched the Washington Nationals recently, and so I have started looking at potential shortstops for the Nationals. Uh, Wilmer Defoe is hitting uh, pretty well in Double A, and he's finally at an age-appropriate level. Ian, it's I, pronounced Willem Defoe. Bravo, bravo. Yeah. See if I if I had the if I had the impression in my back pocket, <laughs> I would really. Wouldn't that be perfect, guys? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, just pretend. We so, have... Wilmer Defoe uh, is uh, now, I guess, 23. He's in double A. I think he'll probably. He's probably going to be the default option for the Nats next year if the Nats decide to save money, which for some reason they're like really into. Do you understand Nats management like at all? <laughs> Seems to be working. Yeah, I understand, but like, they never, they're always like waiting for the next season. Like, <laughs> just wait until you see us. Okay, guys, <laughs> get it. Um, and I'll stop talking by saying uh, Rafael Betancourt is available in 57% of leagues, and I will sadly recommend him a little bit. Uh, so that's all. Uh, that's the AL and NL. That went well, right? Ooh. Okay. Uh, so with that out of the way, uh, there's only one thing left to do, and that is talk about the best thing you saw this week. Ben, what, what's the best thing you saw this week? Uh, so I'm going to cheat slightly and say that I'm pretty sure the best thing that I will see between last podcast and when the re- listener hears this is Pitch Perfect 2. Which, again, could two. be any time. Could be, could be any time. It's Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, you can't but, name a movie you haven't seen yet. Yes, yes, I can, and I did. Uh, uh, no, the actual best here. thing that I saw this week was uh, Free Cake. Uh, so I'm getting married and one of the things you do when you get married is you have a big cake and the way that you pick the cake that you're going to get is you go to bakeries and you say, Hey, uh, we're getting married and we might buy a cake from you. And they're like, Oh great. And then they bring out a bunch of free cake, which is amazing. Uh, I kind of, I kind of wish I had gotten married more times just so I could do more, (laughs) uh, cake tasting. I... I guess probably I won't actually do that because um, poor form. But you know, you could probably. But on the other hand, cake, right? And how but... else could you get cake? Uh, exactly, <laughs> as an adult. 
<laughs> How else could you? I search me. Uh, yeah, so we had a great time, and I think we settled on the place that we wanted because when we went and met with them, they had like a binder full of pictures of cakes with like lavish decorations and whatever. But the lady also had uh, basically a dozen uh, various different combinations of cake and uh, frosting in little cupcake sized samples. I don't know, it's hard to describe. They're like an inch tall and about uh, the diameter of like a uh, half dollar or something like that. Um, bigger mm-hmm. than a quarter for sure, but maybe smaller than. Anyway, uh, they're delicious. And they're basically like bite sized glimpses of how fat you could get if you uh, actually ordered a full cake. Um, so you get all of the deliciousness and only a little bit of the overweightness. Uh, so yeah, free cake was the best thing that I actually saw this week. That's cool. Now, did you guys, are you guys going to, did you guys think about something less traditional? Like one of my friends did whoopie pies. No. Um, I will do my best to answer this question gracefully, but also <laughs> accurately, and say that uh, my fiance is an only child of a mother who feels strongly about certain traditions, and so some parts of the wedding I think will be very traditional, and the cake mm-hmm. is definitely an example of that. That's fair. Yes. And they're uh, they're financially supporting the wedding in mm-hmm. in very generous ways. So I'm very appreciative of that, and I feel good about letting them make decisions like how much cake we should get and whether or not there should be whoopie pies, which there may be, but not instead of cake. So you're mm-hmm. saying a scavenger hunt wedding is unlikely? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> what if it's a traditional scavenger hunt wedding? As we've now seen. Uh, I suppose that's possible I don't know you guys would totally get that joke if you listened to last week's podcast (laughs) which maybe they have by now it's possible you never know Um, (laughs) alright Jared what's the best thing you saw this week well I mean the the actual correct answer to this question is the bad blood music video I'm pretty sure we can all Oh, do you want to talk about the Bad Blood music video? God, it's so good in like every way imaginable. The only issue I have with the Bad Blood music video is that Bad Blood is the worst single on the yeah, 1989. It's not, it's not her greatest song. It barely sounds like her. I don't know. I mean, it's all right. Let's still listen to it a couple of times. But yeah, I'm with you. Have you picked... Uh, this is very important. Have you picked your Bad Blood name yet? Oh, no. I need to do that now. Yeah, I've I've been workshopping it. If you have any bad blood name suggestions, and you (laughs) should, I assume Taylor Swift's uh, music videos are right in the target demographic. (laughs) I'm Um, so happy that I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a great, actually, you'd probably like the music video. It's a pretty solid music video. Uh, Because it just just, um, references like every sci-fi and action movie ever made, basically. And has a lot of hot chicks, so... It's I'm a fan so of all those things. Yeah, not so bad. Um, but so the the best thing I saw this week was um, there's this app, uh, Tap Sports Baseball. Sorry, Tap. Yeah, Tap Sports Baseball. Have you guys played this? You know it. Am I just late to the game? Uh, I've, I've never heard like, of it. Go ahead. This wrecked, this wrecked my weekend, guys, and destroyed my phone's battery a million times. <laughs> um, 
But so the, so the great thing about it, it has the MLP, MLBPA license. So it's got, you know, all major league players in it. And um, it's very simple. The, the gameplay um, is sort of uh, in the manner of, uh, say, words with friends. Well, you bat for a half inning, then you have to wait for your opponent um, to bat for his half inning. Um, so you only control the batters. You don't control the pitchers, except you control which pitcher you have in. And the gameplay itself is really simple. You just tap the phone to swing the bat, and you're basically trying to swing at strikes. If it's not a strike, then uh, strike being over the plate, then you won't be able to hit it, and it'll be you'll miss, and it's a strike. And it's just incredibly addictive and so much fun because like you start off with this really crappy, really super crappy team. I think when I started, my best players were um, Johnny Gomes and Mycerus Turris. Hey, so Mycerus round awesome. of a, um, <laughs> The 38th round of a score sheet draft is what you're saying. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, like, so the, the app's free, and obviously, you know, there's in-app purchases to get better players if you want, or if you just play for a while like I might have, um, you can get, you know, the bucks or whatever the currency of the game is and get players. But the fun part, one of the other fun parts is that when you get a new player, they call like late round draft pick, second round draft pick or first round draft pick. So you don't know exactly what play you're getting. It's sort of a wheel that spins and uh, randomly or randomly ish lands on a player that you get. So um, if anybody wants to play, my screen name is Messina and squirrel. Uh, it's Messina <laughs> ND squirrel. Which is a Rock and Bullwinkle reference. Some people did get that, which I don't know. You guys, Rock and Bullwinkle, get on the game. Anyway, horribly addictive. It'll ruin your phone's battery, but it's a lot of fun. Lucina and Squirrel could be your bad blood name. Oh, I like it. Done. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, that sounds amazing. And uh, you I guys hope- should check it out. It's super easy and super hard. The great thing is, uh, I mean, not great, but it's not um, it's not video game numbers. So, the uh, the best player on my team right now, his OPS is uh, seven sixty. So it's not like you just crush the ball all the time. Well, I hope one day you graduate from my Cerastorus to Cesaristorus. <laughs> Me too. Um. So. The best thing I saw this week was the Mad Men finale, but we're not going to talk about that. The best baseball thing I saw this week was uh, Giancarlo Stanton hitting the longest home run in, uh, of the season um, that was caught by a fan in the second deck, barehanded, leaning over a railing. Well done, fan. Um, but not going to talk about that. Um, ben, yes. so you may have mentioned once or twice that you feel like you don't, you're not as familiar with players nowadays as it used to be <laughs> or uh yes i don't like baseball anymore i think <laughs> and you know not to put words in your mouth or to like scare the listener but you, you know like uh, if there's some sort of crisis right or like you know what what to do if you have a baseball podcast and you don't feel all that compelled to talk about <laughs> baseball yeah um, and you must wonder, like, are there other opportunities for me in the world of baseball? Ben, I present to you, um, have you considered being a broadcaster for the New York Yankees? No, I have not considered that. Okay. Uh, so I went home this weekend to Long Island and I did something that, or something happened to me that, uh, 
that happens very rarely. I was a, I listened to a half inning of a Yankees game with uh, John Sterling and Susan Waldman on the mic. Uh, those of you who are Yankee fans or familiar kind of probably already have an idea of where the story is going. Um, so, Ben, uh, are you familiar with uh, Bubba Starling? Uh, yeah, he was drafted by the Royals a few years ago. Yeah, okay. Right, as a normal person would say. Uh, <laughs> or a normal baseball obsessed person. So, okay. Now, what if you thought that knowing who Bubba Starling is was about as important as, and about as difficult as, uh, you know, Newton discovering gravity? Oh, uh, I would say he hasn't been paying attention to baseball very much. No, no, of course not. And, you know, what job in baseball would you have where you don't have to pay attention to baseball very much? I'm going to go with broadcaster for the New York Yankees. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jared, do you have a Gmail open? Yeah. I, well, I, yes, I do now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you open the most recent email? From you? Yeah, I got From it. me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I put together, uh, so I uh, did a little something for uh, you, the podcast listener, and I transcribed I, I, what I consider to be a teleplay uh, about uh, just in the fourth inning, John Sterling and Susan Waldman talking to one another about Bubba Sterling. Uh, Jared, do you want to be John Sterling in this? Sure. It would be my pleasure. Okay. I don't know if you have the... Uh, if you know John Sterling, but if you, if you just just camp it up as much as possible. <laughs> camp it up, okay. <laughs> um, oh, am I starting with the? Uh, do you remember a few years ago one? Yes, yes, that's, okay. that's the one. Are you are you playing Susan Waldman? Yes, of course. Oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, do you remember a few years ago we were here when they either had to sign this young prospect or you go back to school? Something like that. Bubba? Bubba, yeah. Yeah, Bubba something. You know, I wonder what happened to Bubba. That's what I'm wondering. We gotta ask Ryan or Denny. They would know. Well, he was from Kansas City, which is why it was such a big deal. And He was a senior in high school named Bubba something. And he looked like a Bubba. And just what does a Bubba look like? You know what a bubble looks like. Anyway, I wish I could remember his last name, and he was like a two-sport star, football and baseball. Yes! And he was going to sign a letter of intent to play either football or something with somebody. Editor's note, this is an actual announcer. (laughs) Football or something with somebody. We're going to find this out. So, it went down to the wire, and then he signed, and he got the deal he wanted, obviously, It'll be a 1-1. We wouldn't know about it, except that we were here at the time, and it was front-page kind of news. You can find anything. His name is Bubba Starling. Ah, now we have to find out how he's doing and what he's doing. Oh, I'm gonna... I'm gonna tell you right now. Okay. He is with the Wilmington Blue Rockets. He's 22 years old. From Gardner, Kansas, that's right here, and he's with the Wilmington Blue Rocks, and I think I think that might be A ball, because Omaha is their AAA team. So let's find out where 
Right. And boy, if he's still an A-ball, that's not so good. Because that was a few years ago. He's at double A. That's in the Texas League. The pitch and the Yankees wriggle out of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Professional broadcasters. Paid millions of dollars <laughs> to broadcast for the most famous sports franchise in the world. Um, Sounds like we might have a future. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if any other Yankee fans are listening to this, please, please tell me what uh, <laughs> Sterling and Susan do instead of Google next time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to find out. All right. Anything else, guys? Nope. Um, All right. It's been a pleasure, as always. Uh, Join us next week where we'll talk about players to trade and trade away and maybe figure out who that guy named Bubba is and whether he (laughs) looks like a Bubba. What does a Bubba look like? I don't know. (laughs) I think you know. Oh, you know. Did you know the Yankees have 100% – have had on their team 100% of the Bubbas of the 21st century so far? I did not know that. So if anyone should know what a bubble looks like, it's probably <laughs> probably John Sterling. Does John Sterling look like a bubba by any chance? He looks like a boobie. <laughs> what? All right, a little Yiddishkeit humor for the hour mark of a podcast. Join us next week, where we'll be taking on the Catskills. Are you playing Kutcher's Ranch? (laughs) We look forward to it. Um, Yeah, on behalf of Ben Murphy and Jared Weiss, I'm Ian Lefkowitz. Thanks again, and have a great day. Podcast in the US of A.